G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When people turn against us, what we really need is unconditional love, acceptance, knowing that there's someone out there whose love is so rock solid it can never be shaken. Where do you find that these days? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond and welcome again to the program as we take a look at your difficult relationships from a different perspective. This week on the program, we're chatting about that horrible feeling we get when we know that other people are murmuring behind our backs, plotting against us. It's awful, we all know that, because in some way, shape or form, we've all been there, right? And you know when it's the hardest, when it's the people who are closest to you who are doing the murmuring? It never ceases to amaze me how we people have the ability to undermine one another, to hurt one another and to harm one another by what we say. Did you hear what she did? My goodness, that's terrible. We just can't seem to keep our mouths shut. Is it that we somehow feel bigger and better if we can parade someone else's failures or faults in front of other people? How do we deal with that when we're on the receiving end of it? The last couple of days, we've been looking at King David, probably the greatest king that Israel ever had. He was so successful. He was a man after God's own heart. He ruled the kingdom really well. But he struggled with his people plotting against him, plotting to take his life. You know, David was on the run for a long time from his predecessor Saul, who for years tried to kill him. And then when he became king, David had lots of enemies, people who were after his throne, people who were after his kingdom. It's the reality of life. David went through it. Jesus certainly did. The Apostle Paul did. And you and I do as well. And when we sense that people are plotting against us, that they're cutting us out of the loop, that that they're ostracising us. This kind of fear and dread saps the life out of us. It can turn us into a nervous wreck. What, What do you do? Where do you go? David poured his anguish out to God. You can read about it in Psalm 31, one of the Psalms from the book of Psalms in the Old Testament. But at the same time, in the middle of his human anguish, his natural response of pain and hurt, he had a few interesting things to say. This is how he starts it off, this Psalm 31. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge and strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress for the sake of your name, lead me and guide me. Free me from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth. I hate those who cling to worthless idols. I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your love, for you saw my affliction and you knew the anguish of my soul. And you have not handed me over to the enemy, but you have set my feet in a spacious place. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and my body with grief. 
Look at what he says to God. He calls God his refuge, his rock of refuge, his strong fortress, my rock and my fortress. What picture is David painting here? On the one hand, he's deeply distressed. I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and my body with grief. Doesn't he write so beautifully? Doesn't he just, in a few words, sum up what it feels like? when people are plotting against us. And and from in the midst of that pain and that hurt and that anguish, he says, but God is my refuge. God is my rock. God is my fortress to save me. Isn't that exactly what we need when we're, we're shaken? Something solid and certain and unmoving and unshaking. When we feel like the rug's been pulled out from underneath us, when people are plotting against us, we need a place of certainty. God. But why is it that David takes refuge in God? Look at what he writes again in in verse 7 of this psalm. I'll be glad and rejoice in your love, for you saw my affliction and you knew the anguish of my soul. See, God's love, God's perfect and tender and gentle love, he sees our affliction, he knows the anguish of our soul, he understands. It's such a wonderful love being understood. And we can say this a hundred times stronger than David because all this time on, we know that Jesus has walked in the same path as us. We know that he became a man and suffered everything that we have to suffer. He was misunderstood, rejected. They plotted against him. It cost him his life on the cross. Later on in the psalm, David goes on to write this. For me, this is exactly where the rubber hits the road. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you bestow in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. In the shelter of your presence you hide them from the intrigues of men. In your dwelling you keep them safe from accusing tongues. Isn't that brilliant? God's goodness towards those who take refuge in him. He's the shelter in his presence. We hide from the intrigues of men and his dwelling. We're safe from accusing tongues. This talks about people who go and undermine us, the intrigues of men, the accusing tongues. How often do people look at us and misunderstand us and judge us and say, well, I wouldn't have done it the way he does it, or I wouldn't have dressed the way she dressed, or I wouldn't have this and that. The accusing tongues, in the shelter of your presence, you hide them from the intrigues of men. In your dwelling, you keep them safe from the accusing tongues. That is a wonderful thing. David has experienced the refuge of God when everybody else was against him, when his very life was threatened, when people would walk on the other side of the road when they saw him, when they treated him as though he was dead, when he felt like a piece of broken pottery left in the gutter. David experienced the shelter of God's presence. He experienced what it's like to be safe in the dwelling of God from accusing tongues. You know, it can feel so unnatural to put our trust in God. When people are plotting against us, I mean, ah, we want to we want to crawl up and die, we want to fight, we want to have anguish, we want to just whinge and complain. And in the middle of his hurt, David is putting his trust in God. It can feel so unnatural when people are plotting against us. But the trust is not misplaced. The trust is in a rock-solid love, in God's goodness, in God's faithfulness, in God's power to protect us. 
And, you know, when we're in these situations, when people are kind of coming against us, as the days and weeks go by and we just decide to trust in God, instead of worrying about those other people, we just quietly put our trust in Him. And what we discover is peace. It's a really weird kind of peace because it's a peace that we don't deserve to have. It's a peace that, in human terms, shouldn't be there. But you know something, when we just put our whole lives in the hands of God and say, you know, Lord, all these people are coming against me, just like they did with David. I'm just going to trust in you. My soul's in turmoil. Lord, I need your peace. That's the peace that Jesus gives us. That's the peace that Jesus leaves for us. And he doesn't give it the way the world gives it. He gives it genuinely, deeply, permanently. The Apostle John, a thousand years later, put it this way. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. See, peace comes from knowing that however it turns out, it'll come from God's love. But there's no need to be afraid of As that daily grind just kind of grinds away at us, it's easy to forget that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory. That's why every now and then, just as the Spirit leads, perhaps when you least expect it even, I'd love to send you a short text message of encouragement straight to your phone. That's what Victory SMS is all about. Roughly every other week, I ask the Lord, what word of encouragement could I give today? So if you like the occasional word of encouragement, head across to victorysms.org and when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of my ebook, Power Unlimited. Thousands already have, and the most common response, hey, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. How did you know that? Thank you so much. It's simply amazing how powerfully the Spirit of God can move through just a short text message. And I'd love to encourage you too to live your life in victory. Again, that web address is victorysms.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.